This is Prayer Home Companion, episode 62, recorded July 22nd, 2011. St. Mary Magdalene, Apostola Apostolorum. Welcome to This Week in Prayer Home Companion. I am your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and with me live in... St- well, yes, we are live in studio We're right now. live to each other, yes. Uh, to, yes, and to, to everybody else who is here around us right now. And the dozens... At this moment, we are live to everyone. And dozens of people. Everyone. Yeah, we're, we're alive. Well, I mean, God willing, I'll still be alive at some point. No, right now we're live to everyone. Yes. Even if they're not paying attention. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. Yes, you are. And what, a, what an inauspicious beginning to this episode of the uh, soon-to-be-renamed, dear listener, Prairie Rome Companion. If you have ideas, please send them to cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. That's C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at S-F-C-A-T-H-O-L-I-C dot O-R-G. Wow, he spelled the whole darn thing. Hooked on Pahonics. Wicked for me. Hooked. 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 On Pahonics. Yes, in, indeed it did. Apparently, uh, since you last tuned into Prayer Room Companion uh, during the uh, summer heat wave of July of 2011, oh goodness, Dr. Bergwall and Father Dickinson have been exposed to high temperatures for prolonged <laughs> periods of time and are now suffering from the late stages of heat Think stroke. microwave. So anyway, yes. But Father, we are in July. We are in July, so it can't be, it shouldn't be that surprising. The humidity was a little surprising, Father, but. Eh, South Dakota. The corn is growing. That it is. Um, next week, we're, record- we're recording on Friday, July 22nd, 2011, Anno Domini. Next Tuesday, Father, uh, we're going to get to our topic in a minute, but for those who teaser. get a chance to listen to this podcast, maybe before Tuesday. What's Tuesday, Father, for us? Uh, July 26th for everyone and for everyone the feasts of St. Anne and Joachim. Yes, and for the Diocese of Sioux Falls, a particularly important day because... A glorious day, the day when we will celebrate the uh, Mass of Consecration. Dedication of the new Dedication altar. of the altar and opening, reopening of the Cathedral of St. Joseph. Yes, our, our cathedral has been... Uh, so we're going to honor St. Joseph closed. on the feast of his parent-in-laws. Yes, his in-laws, okay. indeed. Yes. Just so we're clear on this. Yes. Um, actually, Monday is the opening. Monday is the blessing of, the doors. of the doors. Uh, blessing and opening of the doors. Um, expecting large crowds. And then Tuesday, with this beautiful mass, 12 bishops will be coming. Oh, marvelous. Our former, archbishop, or our former bishop, the current archbishop, archbishop of St. Louis, Robert J. Carlson. And I heard that uh, the native son of our diocese, now the archbishop, uh, papal nuncio for Trinidad and Tobago, uh, Thomas Gullickson, is that correct indeed he will be there excellent um and uh, 10 others <laughs> a number of bishops in the region bishop aquila from fargo will be there Wonderful. i think one of the auxiliaries from st paul minneapolis oh, number i I'm, I'm hopefully bishop don kettler another native yes son. yes bishop kettler will be bishop there of fairbanks alaska yes. god bless him up there in the northern missions that's a very difficult uh yeah. place to serve the church absolutely so it's going to be a terrific Beautiful and and yeah, we'll talk. We're gonna let you see it all here on this yeah, podcast. You are. We are going to describe it. This is going to be a radio show next week. No, uh, so there's a pillar and it goes up. <laughs> we should imagine this. We're going to talk about podcasts next week. Maybe we could do a video podcast. Ooh, or not. Um, yeah, we'll see. Today, though, we're going to talk about today. Hi. Before we worry about uh, new technology of video podcasting, so I did like to conquer the technology of my mouth. Just well, get my mouth to work in my brain. Some things are 
better left. Unconquered? Uh, I don't, yeah. Today. <laughs> so today, July 22nd, the feast of? St. Mary Magdalene. St. Mary Magdalene. Apost- Apostola Apostolorum. Apostle to the apostles, to those of you who do not speak Latin. I don't speak Latin. But you just I pronounce did. it. You just <laughs> yes, crucial distinction. It is. It is. I pronounce Spanish. I pronounce German. I pronounce Latin. I pronounce Greek. No, you know, you spoke. No, you spoke Latin there. You knew what it meant. Right. Come on now, Father. I'm more like a parrot. There we go. Um, Father want a cracker? So the feast of Mary, Saint Mary Magdalene, uh, celebrated today. So Father proposed um, proposed this as a topic um, and I think it's always good to talk about because of course in recent publishing history here in the United States we've learned all sorts of fascinating things about Mary Magdalene. Things that the church has been trying to hide from you dear listeners for years, nay decades, nay centuries, no millennium. I think that's a tone of voice that's best left unused for the time being, Father. Okay. If you know what I'm saying. I do. Okay. Uh, Um, so Mary Magdalene, as, as we now know, that was almost like a Schwarzenegger, as we now know. <laughs> oh, say Mary Magdalene. Oh, my goodness. Indeed. Um, uh, as we now know, after, you know, the, the, the lies of the church have been dispelled and we now know that Mary Magdalene was not merely a saint. She was in fact the husband of the mere man, <laughs> wife, wife, whatever. Father's, I'm going to give Father's lost control here. Regain control. Are you here? Good. I'm here. She's the wife of the mere man, Jesus of Nazareth, and the Father? Goddess. Oh, uh, yes, the goddess. (laughs) Sorry, I'm still a little thrown off. You have a good, yeah, you didn't regain. So what's throwing me off, actually, is just to make sure people know, I mean, we we try to be relevant. We try to be contemporary. Some people might even say that we're contemporary. Um, just that's how good we are here at Prairie Rome Companion, whatever our name might be at someday. But uh, just to make sure people know, Dan Brown. The Da Vinci Code. Yes. Back from, I believe it was around 2004, I think the book came out, or 2003, actually, the book came out. And, of course, the movie with Tom Hanks in the summer of 2006. Right. Uh, and of course, anything with Tom Hanks in it and directed by Ron Howard can't possibly be bad or Apollo wrong 13. or misleading. Apollo 13 was an excellent movie. It was an excellent movie. I, 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 got, an, I got an Oscar for best uh, use of Tang, actually. Oh, okay. Yes. That, that elusive category, best use of Tang in a motion yes. picture. And so, uh, you know, so, Napoleon uh, Dynamite, I think, actually, in the same movie, the same year. But uh, so Dan Brown, his movie, uh, The Da Vinci Code, which was all about conspiracy, right. hidden theories, hidden ideas. Who is this Jesus, really? Because we yep. don't know the real Jesus. Right. And who is this Mary Magdalene? And and Brown contends. And it's it, nothing new. I mean, these sort of it, nothing was original in right. his book. He, he based, although... <laughs> The lawsuit, he won the lawsuit, actually. There was there were some authors who sued him because they said, he took all of we our, our lies <laughs> 10 years ago. So so um, you find in these, now Dan Brown at least calls his novel, his book a novel. He says it's historically accurate, but he still calls it a novel. There have accurate. Been, I think it's pronounced accurate, accurate. in well, this you, case. You go ahead. Um, there have been other books, though, which don't claim to be novels. They claim to be straight Truth, Histories. history, right. uh, which claimed all sorts of funny things. Among them, um, that Jesus 
contrary to what Christianity says, Jesus is not God. Um, he was married to Mary Magdalene and Mary Magdalene. This is again, it just doesn't make sense. Mary Magdalene was the goddess. Right. Right. So it was the bait and switch. Yeah. So bait we just, the, one of them was divine. We just got it wrong. Yeah. Whoops. Darn. Shoot. Although, frankly, I would say that if that was the case, then Mary Magdalene, if she was a goddess, isn't deserving of much worship because, man, she didn't really correct that problem. Yeah, well. Kind of let that linger until her chosen messenger, Dan Brown, came along. Yeah, yeah. Or those people who wrote the books before Dan Brown that he... And those people that told those sort of legends that came along before that and... Right. Yeah. So... That's that, so. I think somehow that's well. I don't know how much. To be honest, I don't know how much that's gotten into the popular culture. There, certainly, Mary Magdalene, because of the book, was right. She's kind of. I mean, people don't know who she is. There's confusion about her, right? And, and really, she's a glorious saint and a holy woman, and we want to defend her honor here at the Prayer Room Companion. Absolutely. Um, so one of the things that you know in in the book, and then I think more generally, well, doesn't the church? Um, smear her. I mean, a smear campaign against Mary Magdalene. She was a whore and da 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 da. Watch your language. How do you? I'm just, that, that's what supposedly we as Catholics. Can we get air quotes? Well, this is again an audio oh, podcast, Father. So Sorry. right now, as far as the listener could be could know, I could be air quoting this right now, but I'm not, and they wouldn't know now. Okay, this whole time thing is kind of playing me, but let's just keep going. Okay. So, the church says, did the church, in fact, smear Mary Magdalene, Father, by saying that she was a, a whore? Because that's the charge that's some level against us. Uh, I think that's what we call captivating podcasting with th- three seconds of thinking. Although, if you listen <laughs> to the radios, they do that too sometimes. So uh, this this question that wasn't really prepared uh, to answer, uh, you know, uh, roll with a biblical scholar. <laughs> uh, Mary Magdalene in the Bible uh, is presented as uh, there's um, presented in a couple different places. Pre- presented, of course, at the foot of the cross yep. in John chapter 19. Also in the resurrection account in John chapter 20. We'll talk about more. Yep, which we'll talk about more. And then also, uh, she's believed to be uh, portrayed in Luke chapter 7, in which she is a woman uh, who washes uh, the feet of Jesus with her own tears. Right. And uh, anoints them as well. Uh, and she's a woman who had seven uh, demons driven from her. Right. This is also uh, because uh, Mary actually Magdalene is described in John as one who had uh, seven uh, demons. Right. And from her and immediately following in uh, in verse eight. Uh, some other people might also connect Mary uh, of Magdala with uh, Mary, the sister of Martha. Yep. Of uh, the famous Martha, Martha, you are worried and anxious about many things, but there is a need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part. And this also might then be the Mary and Martha who are sisters of Lazarus, who died and then was risen from the uh, resuscitated Resuscitated. from the tomb. There we go. Resuscitated from the tomb four days later. Right. So that that is very much a Western tradition. We have have three women who in the West came to be seen as, in fact, the same woman. Right. Uh, Mary of Bethany, um, Mary Magdalene, and, and Mary the Seven the, Demons. Well, no, she is Mary the Seven Demons. Mary the Sinful Woman of Luke oh. chapter 7. Uh, the yeah. East, though, just for the record, in the Eastern Church, 
For all those uh, Orthodox or Bi- uh, Byzantine uh, Catholics, Catholics listening, other, yeah. they are three. Dis- they're they're not sort of harmonized into one. They're seen as three different women. Hmm. Um, so interesting for the record. But I think the scriptures, I think, just allows that sort of right. Uh, free to play. It does no great harm to the uh, whole. Uh, to the body of scriptures, and uh, there is certain room for that sort of right. interpretation. So she may or may not have actually been the sinful woman that we read about in Luke chapter 7, but let's pretend for a minute, just go with it, against this, again, the context of the charge that we say Mary Magdalene was... was uh, woman of ill repute? Yeah, sure, if you don't want to use the, other, the W word. Um, so let's say she was a woman of ill repute. That's not what the church exactly focuses on. She was a sinner who converted, exactly. repented, and converted and became a very close follower of Christ, a close disciple of Christ, the apostle to the apostles, as we, we said at the opening of the podcast, as exactly. you said. Um, so there is no, I mean, <laughs> smear campaign. I mean, yeah. we're, even if she were this, this sinful woman in this particular way, that does not change the fact that she became a close disciple of Christ. Exactly. And just, again, the general reality that the church is made up of sinners. Yeah. Every saint was a sinner. That's like saying the church has a smear campaign against Augustine of Hippo because the church says that he he fathered a child out of wedlock, which he did, but he then repented and converted from his sinful life and became one of the greatest disciples of Christ. Exactly. So there is no smear campaign against Mary Magdalene. To the contrary, we extol her because of her great virtue. In fact, there's a beautiful story of uh, St. Therese of Lisieux. Uh, the little uh, Carmelite uh, mystic from the uh, late 19th century, who at one point said, I wish I was a greater sinner so I could have known the mercies of Christ all the more. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of a, in, a, in a fitful prayer on her part. She didn't really want to sin. Right. But just saying, I mean, because, you know, the, the, the sinner in that way that had that radical conversion, like someone like if Mary Magdala was that person or someone certainly like Augustine, um, that they would know in that sense the mercy got all the more because they had they were all the deeper and so right so the, yeah the yeah the greater salvation in a sense the greater salvation that they would have received because of their greater sins yeah um, just in the context of the whole Dan Brown thing I think Father both you and I would highly recommend the Da Vinci Hoax by Carl Olson and Senator Measel and they have a chapter on the whole question of Mary, Mary Magdalene in the in the novel but then also in Christian Catholic tradition as well definitely. Um, so, but back to sort of the biblical record and, and just other um, other content. I, I want to refer to the gospel reading from today um, comes from John's gospel um, here on, on the Feast of Mary Magdalene. When, Can we uh, allow a non-cleric to read the gospel in this podcast? Oh, it's non-liturgical. Okay, go ahead. No, it's not liturgical. This is not mass. Maybe you missed that. I don't know. I'm I, sorry. I'm how, sorry. How did you? Maybe maybe this is how they say I mass. I fell asleep earlier. Is this how so you say mass? Were you at your parish, Father? Were you? Usually, uh, I'm usually reclining in front of a microphone. <laughs> and you fall asleep at mass. You were just saying too. Typically, right, Bishop? Um, no. So so uh, in I told uh, you that story, John chapter twenty. Um, Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. So Mary has gone to the tomb. Then she she um, doesn't find Jesus' body. So she goes, tells Peter and the beloved disciple, John. They both go. And then afterwards, they've left. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but just chapter 11, or verse 11. Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. She looks in, sees angels. Um, why are you crying? Because they've taken away my Lord. I don't know where they've laid him. Then verse 14, saying this, she turned around. And saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. 
Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom do you seek? She said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've laid him. I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Uh, do not hold me, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and said to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. So just a very powerful passage where Mary, um, very uh, sorrowful over the death of Jesus, and now his body's gone. Mm-hmm. Where is his body? Doesn't recognize angels, and who, they may have just appeared as men. Um, we can't presume that they appeared in a glorious figure, and therefore, well, what, what's her problem? She doesn't recognize angels. Right. I don't know. Um, she turns around and sees a man standing there, um, and and uh, he says, uh, "She." it says, so Jesus, but she did not know that it was Jesus, woman. And then he says to her, woman, why were you weeping? Whom do you seek? I'm going to go ahead. It's, it's, it really is a beautiful passage. And there's a great, uh, I, the mass I was at this morning, I was down at uh, Broomtree uh, Retreat Center. And Father Scott Trainer, who's a priest of the Diocese of Sioux Falls at uh, St. Thomas More Newman Center in Vermilion for uh, the University of South Dakota, he's preaching on this about how... Uh, where is Mary looking for her consolation? You know, she's in sadness, she's in desolation. Uh, her Lord is gone. You know, she's still not understanding the cross. I think it's hard for us to understand that time between death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. You know, you read things like passages like this, the road to Emmaus, other accounts. You know, for us, oh, Jesus died and rose. Christ has right. died. Christ is risen. Christ will, you know, come on. You know, what do you know? But it was utterly new to them. Right. In that sense, utterly new to them. And for her going through this experience, lost in that simple human experience of death and mourning. And she mourns like any of us, you know, that desire to be near the body of a loved one. You know, I remember um, doing uh, uh, where I had a a death in the parish of uh, a young man, you know, just uh, in his early 20s and going with mom and dad to go see him in the hospital. You know, mom just didn't want to leave. You just wanted to be near him. Right. You know, I'm thinking back to like the, the death of my own father. You know, and God, uh, God be praised, he was in the home, hospice care, attentive, and so we could be there, you know, holding him. And we just, you know, we were there with him for, and, and you know, it took a while. Uh, things are never as neat as they seem on TV, but right. it took a while, you know, for the uh, funeral home and the uh, people like that to come and, and pick him up. And so we just had him there and could be with him. And just that desire to be with your beloved your, uh, who's deceased in that sense. And so Mary, like, living in that very natural human desire in that sense. But that's not where God wanted her, right? Right. Instead, he had something better planned for her, but she was staying there. Instead of turning that over to the Lord right, and starting to ask that question, okay, Lord, you, you know, know what? what's your answer? What's your solution? What's right. the answer of God in my trouble? Um. And so for us in our own difficulties, our own troubles, and we might cling to trying to create our own response, our own solution to the situation, instead of turning towards the Lord, orientating ourselves in that way, orientating our problems, okay, there is a God, and a God who knows me in my grief, my difficulty, my challenge, whatever it is, my isolation, who has an answer. You know, let's look to him and see what that answer is. And so he then comes and calls her out of that very beautifully. Does that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so calls her out of that very beautifully, you know, and has to even speak her name right. and what's all in the, and of course the whole idea of what's in a name, right? you know, she doesn't, you know, first, you know, woman, uh, uh, kind of that calling Why her. Why are you that weeping? Fundamental woman, way. Are you, who do you, whom do you seek? Whom do you seek? 
And still she's not quite understanding, you yep. know, what's being offered to her. Instead of trying to create her own uh, solution to the problem, which spiritually, realistically, no, in our life is where we end up into difficulty and even sin in that way. And so, but then finally she, he says, Mary, right. then she realizes God's real consolation. And now when she, um, uh, now she can embrace him with the freedom of the resurrection, the freedom of the Son of God, that embrace of joy. You think of that embrace that comes out of fear, right? That embrace that comes out of having lost someone, um, and maybe this might resonate with you as a parent. You know, when your child is sick, or you know something dangerous happens to your children. Oh my gosh, they're safe, right? Absolutely. You, know, you clutch them yep. in that sense out of fear, yep. almost yep. not wanting to let them go, right? Out of that fear, but now she's able to hold him in joy. And then he says to her, "Don't cling to me," right? You know, and then and go tell my brothers and she's able to go yep. because she's received now his real gift, his real consolation. And it's that mourning, that sadness that she doesn't understand. The thing, and very much along those lines, what, what struck me, there are, there are a couple things, but I think the thing that struck me most and to end in terms of spiritual application, in my own life, um, v- verse 14, she turned around and saw Jesus standing other translations, she saw Jesus there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Mm-hmm. So she's, so we, we talk about conversion is turning towards the Lord. So she, in a sense, she's turned around. She's turned towards the Lord. She sees him, but she doesn't recognize him. And I find that to be very true. I mean, hmm. I, I, I've, I've gone through a conversion process and, and, I, and, I, and I continually am in seeking deeper conversion. But there are too many cases where even though I'm basically turned towards the Lord, um, and I'm facing him. I don't see him. Right. Uh, so that's the prayer for, for several months now, or even longer now, that I would, my, the, the eyes of my heart would be opened up so I would see him when he is present to me. So not just sort of this vague, like, spiritual openness, but where I would recognize the risen Jesus Christ. Very, uh, very beautiful prayer. Uh, just to encourage right. you and any of our leaders and uh, listeners, not leaders, any of our listeners. Oh, this was a Bishop Swain's listening. <laughs> um, if he's listening, oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. All right. Um, but, uh, uh, <laughs> sorry, that threw me out of that. Yeah, that you idea threw really yourself threw me off. For a loop. <laughs> um, wouldn't be the first time. Uh, but also, too, in that sense, you know, for our listeners, how many times he is there, but we don't recognize right. him either. Right. You know, I'm mean, all these people, and I'm praying to God, but I don't get anything. He's there. Right. May not be in a way you recognize, or maybe that he wants to stretch you right. in that sense and then stretch your faith and challenge your faith to grow in that regard. To grow. Right. And that's, that's I mean, that's, that's sort of, you know, what I, what I want is an awareness of Christ's presence to me the same way that right now I am aware of your presence before me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty confident that I don't have that, that he doesn't give me that awareness because he wants me to grow into it. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that he's not just showing up literally physically. Hey. Um, how's it going, Chris? Because he wants me to grow into it. He wants me to desire it, to desire him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm more, more, so, so that's what I'm trying to do. I think there's a, I think there's a phrase from St. Augustine uh, that goes along the lines of God makes us wait in order to stretch our capacity to receive him. Right. God allows us to wait in order to stretch that capacity. Uh, and the other, so um, one of the other things that struck me, uh, Jesus, woman, why are you weeping? Whom do you seek? And sort of that reminder, you know, um, 
what is it really that I'm looking for? What or who am I looking for? And even there, the difference in her response, you know, is she really seeking the Lord at this point or is she just seeking that consolation she wants to create for herself? Right. You know, tell me where he is, you know. So it's not speaking of that deepest longing in her heart, which is presence of the Lord. She's still looking for that. And to know that the power of God that she's seen in Jesus Christ could conquer death and the grave. Right. You know, uh, she's not attentive to that reality. Right. And then the final thing um, for me in this this passage, what she sa- she goes to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. So again, being the apostle to the apostles and announcing that, and that that the prayer that that be true my my own life that I can announce at least through the way I live, and then uh, when appropriate, when prudent through my words that I and that it be true that I can say I have seen the Lord to others. Very much so. And uh, there's a there's a beautiful uh, icon that used to be at the uh, seminary. Uh, where I went. And it's funny, some people, I saw it, because in some ways, some people thought it was like the Blessed Mother and the Apostles. Right. And like, why is she so stern? Why she looks so, Our Lady wouldn't talk like that to the Apostles, you right. know? And and some point out, no, actually, it's, it's, it's Mary Magdalene. And it's Easter morning. And there's some other things in the icon that, you know, show that to be true. And she's, you know, she's preaching the gospel in that sense to right. them. I have seen the Lord. There right. is good news. He is risen uh, over sin and death. And so I, I think of Luke's gospel, um, the the disciples on the road to Emmaus, they encounter with Jesus, and then they return to Jerusalem to tell. And then they're told that... Um, We've already seen him. Right. But first, that's... Well, actually, no, I'm sorry. That when they're going to Emmaus and Jesus comes, what's going on? And they say, well, some of the women in our group have saying they've claimed... But it's... What I, what I hear in that is sort of... Well, some of the some of the women say they've some seen some of the women. Them, but I don't know what they're you know, women. I mean, right? Yeah. Um, but but so that sort of fits with what you're just saying. That would be an anachronistic seen... reading of scripture by imposing our current chauvinism <laughs> in the past, would right. it? Okay. But but what, as you said, so that fits with that the, the way she's portrayed. No, I've seen the Lord. I've seen Jesus. Right in the flesh. Not where maybe they're get, she's sort of getting the. The sideways glance from the apostles, like, okay, Mary, right. whatever you But the very, I mean, Peter and John have seen the empty tomb. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. And so. Anything else that you want to point out in about this passage or any others? That you... I don't believe so, no. Okay. Okay. Anybody have any questions? Oh, wait. Oh, it's, that's it's, darn. We're live, but they're that's not. They're not. They're not. You're I not alive. They, well, see, that's what I'm saying. So they are live. What do you mean? I don't You're know. using live equivocally. Oh. You're the grand equivocator. Big word for a little podcast. Soon to be renamed. Soon to be renamed. So again, if you have any ideas... For the name of this podcast. Let us know. And topics, too. I haven't asked for that for a while. If there's any Podcast, topic... uh, podcastalorum? <laughs> topics. Podcastalorum. What? No. No. <laughs> any topics that uh, any, you, you dear listeners who are still listening at the end of this podcast. <laughs> um, uh, I'm working my best to drive them away. Topics. <laughs> you going to be reassigned anytime soon somewhere? <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. I hope he's listening, maybe. <laughs> maybe that's changed after this episode. Anyway, yeah, please Father, feel free to... some ditches we'd like you to do. Send some... the glory of God. Potential names and or topics that you'd like us to discuss, and we would be happy to take them up. Again, next week, though, we're going to be talking about the... Uh, Cathedral of St. Joseph. So, until then, thanks very much. God bless, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>